Welcome back to another fun episode of Do The Woo. I'm one half of your hosting team, Brad, joined by Mr. Bob WP. You know him. You love him. How's it going, Bob? Good, good. It's good to have you back, Brad. It seems like, you know, you had some stuff going on. Then, of course, we had the break. So um, I, I kind of forgot what you look like and what you sound like. <laughs> so now it's all coming back. Oh, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> you're welcome for a little break from me, uh, but I'm back. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I'm just let's just say I'm glad 2020 is over. I'm excited about the new year um, and all the possibilities that it could bring. So um, and I'm very excited about this episode number 89. And we're getting up there, aren't we, Bob? Yeah, we are. But before we get into the episode, before we bring on our awesome guests, I want to thank our show sponsors as always. So first we have PayPal. Maybe you've heard of them. You probably have if you're selling stuff with WooCommerce. Uh, definitely check out PayPal. We want to touch on their pay in four um, service, which uh, if you're not familiar, is super easy. It allows your customers to buy something from your store um, and pay across four payments, an equal payment every two weeks. So it makes it much easier for some of your customers to maybe buy a little more expensive item or maybe buy uh, multiple items that add up to a little bit more because they can spread out those payments. PayPal takes all the risk on that. You get paid up front. And if you have, if you're already using PayPal, you, you just have to turn it on. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a pretty amazing uh, feature. We actually had one of the PayPal execs on just been a couple months ago, but if you want to hear more about it, um, check out some of our older shows and also WooCommerce 4.9 is right around the corner. Um, in fact, it's slated for, I believe, January 12th. Is that right, Bob? Which is next Tuesday. Um, yeah, I believe so. Yep, um, so yep. we look out for that. RC one is out the door, so now's a great time to test it out, especially if you're uh, if you have your own WooCommerce site, or uh, if you are uh, supporting somebody else's site. It's a good time to get in there and start kicking the tires. Um, it's it's just, you know it's much more stable than a beta. Um, it's very close. Release is imminent within the next week. So check that out. There's some cool updates coming, like the um, updated blocks plug-in as well as a lot of additional enhancements, performance fixes, um, and even a dashboard update, I believe. So go check out 4.9 RC1 over on WooCommerce.com. And with that, let's bring on our guest. So today we have a really fun guest, Mary Job. Mary, welcome to Do The Woo. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, I've had a lot of exciting things about this show and I've listened to some, so I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Well, hopefully it was all good, exciting things that you heard and not uh, the bad things that we hear about Bob. So. <laughs> I tease and Bob, it's a new year. I got to put a few jabs in. Yeah, really. <laughs> but So we always like to ask our guests when they come on the show, how do you do the woo? How do you work with WooCommerce? How did you get there? Maybe tell us a little bit about your story and, and then uh, obviously about the business around um, that you work in. Okay, so uh, thank you again, Brad and Bob, for having me on your show. So, how do I do the woo? This is interesting. Uh, so, I'm just gonna go over a brief background of how I got into WordPress because first you have to know about WordPress before you discover WooCommerce, which is interesting. Because, so I got into WordPress full time in 2015, and back then I, I didn't even realize you could do so much with. WordPress. I just thought it was a writing platform where you could write. That, that was all. And, you know, little by little, I found myself diving deep into building sites with uh, with WordPress, sorry, uh, which was exciting at the time because I was still looking for a job in Umar Resources or in in Umar Resources department in a firm. I didn't think that I would be working online or working remotely at the, at the best Um I thought I was going to work in physically in an organization. So discovering that I could build site with WordPress was new for me. And then 
I think at that point too, um, so in Nigeria at that point, we if you wanted to have a store on your site, it was pretty difficult because you had to cough up a lot of money uh, to be able to connect a payment gateway with your site. I mean, you had to pay a lot. And I remember then, I always wanted to sell stuff online and I would be like, ah, I can't afford this. How am I going to do this? You know. Then uh, I discovered you could use WooCommerce and then we had this payment gate. Um, this payment gateway company, Paystack, you may have heard about them. Stripe recently bought them for 200 billion, I think. Uh, they came into the picture, so it was like, oh, and then one of my colleagues built a plugin for the Paystack gateway. So it was like, it, it would it, it didn't cost, cost much to go online and have a store and be able to sell even as a small business. So that was exciting for me because it meant the average person selling on the street can easily get um, themselves a website, uh, have a have WooCommerce on the site to sell, and and then collect payments on their site. So that is how I started doing the Woo uh, last year. I um, I got in touch with Jonathan. Uh, we discussed how we could build the WooCommerce community in um, Africa. Uh, and that was also exciting because I, I, I've been doing that with WordPress. So, and I know you can't, WooCommerce and WordPress are like sisters, you know, you can't have one without the other. The same community that powers WordPress also powers uh, WooCommerce uh, mostly, even the WooCommerce is, um, as it's under the company uh, automatic. But it was exciting because I was interested in that because for me, one of the things that drew me to the community, uh, because I volunteer a lot with the community, um, the WordPress community that is, is the fact that you're able to meet up with like-minded people all around the world without having to physically meet them. And um, last year was very hard on everyone because of the fact that we are all grounded in our homes. <laughs> that was that was very tough. But thankfully, we can still, we could still connect virtually with everyone. In fact, I think in a way, it made it possible for us to be able to um, connect with more people as opposed to physically meeting them. Because now all meetups were online, um, all events were online, so you could easily meet up with people uh, from all of this. So those are the two ways that I do the Woo. Uh, one, by building websites powered by WordPress, WooCommerce, uh, Paystack uh, for Nigerians. And the other way, um, by being a part of the community and seeing how we can grow WooCommerce in Africa. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I really, um, you made some great points. I mean, I love the fact that you, you mentioned how WordPress can help Helps all, a lot of us connect via WordPress and through the community all over the world. And I think what we're doing right now on this show is a perfect example, right? Like you have Bob's out in, you know, out west and uh, north, northeast, uh, or I'm sorry, northwest, you know, in the Seattle area. I'm, I'm here in Philadelphia and you're, you're uh, in Nigeria, right? So the fact that we're sitting here talking about WordPress, um, I mean, I don't, it's, it, it still kind of blows my mind when I take a step back and think about the, the cool technology that we have available to us and not just the technology to do this podcast today, but also the technology that we're talking about, which is WordPress and WooCommerce and the fact that there's such a global uh, community, as you said, around it. Um, I mean, it's, I, I will never get tired of thinking about and hearing about that type of stuff because it's just, it's so neat um, to see how far we've come with WordPress, with tech, with the web, with technology, then just connecting the whole world fascinating don't you think bob yeah i certainly do it's one of the great things about podcasting i think it's a great thing about any way of connecting with people especially these days online is everyone you can talk to 
you know, no matter where they live. I know in the past, this podcast, I've done it, oh man, numerous times and I never tire of it. So that's probably why I love podcasting so much. Now what I'd like to do is move a little bit into, well, before we get into building with WooCommerce and what you do there, I'd like to talk a little bit about community because you'd mentioned that and just give us a little insights on how you built your community and your region and your area. And, you know, was that WordCamps, meetups, uh, just reaching out with people, finding those like-minded people. Can you tell us a backstory on that? Yeah, I, I think one of the driving points for me, or one of the key motiv- uh, motivators, one of the things that made me really want to have people to connect with over here who did WordPress was uh, the fact that I was getting into WordPress from, I mean, I, I was coming from a non-computer background. I had no idea. Um, I, I would work in tech, so to say, you know. So I, I remember I, I, I just asked myself one day, I said, um, but there has to be other people around me who are doing WordPress in one way or the other, like I could ask questions instead of going to Google. I mean, there, could, there has to be people I could physically meet up with. Um, so I found myself on make.wordpress.org. I always tell people that I didn't, I, it wasn't, I wasn't told about it. Like in the process of Googling to see where can I find a community, I found myself on make.wordpress.org. Uh, and then I, I remember that first day looking at all the options, all the different ways you could contribute. And I was asking myself, I don't know what core is. Um, I don't know what, what CLI is. You know, <laughs> I don't know what design is. And then I saw community and I was like, okay, wow. Yeah, I think I could fit in here. And that's how I got into the community, really. I I just told myself, okay, um, I, even if I don't know how about the software in depth, I could start learning and uh, I could start meeting people. And then we just started doing meetups and, you know, it just went wild from there because I guess there were other people out there like me who were also looking for people to connect with. You know, at a point, we the alls we were using wasn't it, it, it didn't contain us because we're always so many at the meetups. Like it took, we had to break our meetups into like five sections in a day. That was how you know how much uh, uh, people showed up. Uh, and then you know um, the colleagues over at Central were like, why don't you just have a WordCamp? You know, because <laughs> you're already at meetups. You have over seventy to hundred people showing up. So just have a WordCamp, you know, and that's how we had the first WordCamp and the second WordCamp. We couldn't do a WordCamp last year because of uh, COVID. But uh, for me, I think what drove me was just, because I always have this idea that I can't be the only one looking for a certain thing in a geographic region. There has to be other people who are looking for this. And so how do you find those people? You find them by putting a word out there. So like even my mom knows what WordPress is. Like my daughter knows what, everybody around me knows what WordPress is. That was one way. Like anybody who says like, oh yeah, Mary, you're into WordPress, you know? So I think the, it's about finding a champion to, you know, like carry the news around everywhere you go. And then other people will begin to like, oh, yeah, you know, I also use WooCommerce. So I also use WordPress. Uh, let's talk about this. Um, WhatsApp status, Facebook. I mean, I opened a Twitter page. Whenever we had meetups, I would broadcast it everywhere. And um, funny enough, it's WordCamps that got me going to East Africa. Right for for my first uh, time, I've only been in West Africa. Okay, was it a what uh, what camp that got me to South Africa? Yeah, that was the first time I traveled out of 
like West Africa. It was to a word camp, and that that was for me eye opening because I remember at word camp Cape Town, I was looking. There, there were so many women for me. That was that was something because back home it was usually like six of us that are females, and then you have like seventy guys, eighty guys. It was yeah, that was intense. So going to word camp Cape Town and seeing. All these women and all this, I mean, old, young. So I thought, okay, yeah, we could do something like this back home. I'm sure there are people like this also back home. So I came back home with that thought. And, you know, we we, we just moved from there. Like, So we have Bob WP and we have Mary WP, it sounds like. So you just say Mary WordPress and people know who they're talking about. <laughs> That's awesome. I love, I love hearing that, the uh, story around WordPress and just the community. I mean, it's... It's, you know, a lot of people ask, like, what's one of the best things about WordPress? And so many so many of us say the community. And while it sounds maybe a little cheesy in a sense, it's absolutely true because it's a very inclusive community and a very opening community. And it's I, I, I strongly believe it's just the nature of open source. If you want to contribute back to a software project in some way, then so there's something about you that wants to help other people. It's just in your you know, in your DNA in a sense. Right. And that's why I think the community is such an amazing community. It's so inclusive because of that, because we all just want to ultimately give back and make a, you know, a better WordPress product and build amazing websites and help a lot of people. And we want to help each other do it, you know, and that's, I mean, that's how a lot of us got into WordPress and met, you know, people in the industry. That's how I got started was uh, going to a WordCamp and meeting people. And it's, you know, I'm so glad that the community is as strong and vibrant as ever. And it's really fun to hear stories um, like you just shared in other countries, because I don't get to hear those as often. Um, and some, you know, your kind of perspective. And like you said, seeing more women um, at a WordCamp kind of was eye opening, which is really cool. It's diverse. It's inclusive. It's just it's an amazing community and something I'm really I'm really proud to be a part of. I think we all are. Yeah, I am. Thanks to our sponsor, PayPal. PayPal has launched a new pay later option called Pay and Forward. This means that your clients can offer their customers the option to purchase over time in four interest-free payments. This feature is one of two options from PayPal for pay later, with the other being PayPal Credit, which gives store customers more purchasing power through flexible and transparent choices in how and when they pay. The second option is subject to consumer credit approval. So offering these payment options is good business. Did you know that 64% of consumers surveyed say they're more likely to make a purchase at a retailer that offers interest-free payment options? And 56% of consumers that responded agree that they prefer to pay a purchase back in installments rather than use a credit card. Well, this seems like a no-brainer to me. Clients can grow their sales and get paid up front with no additional risk or cost. All you need to do is download the PayPal checkout extension on the Marketplace at WooCommerce.com. Just head on over, click Marketplace, and search for the PayPal checkout. Suggesting that to your clients will certainly open up sales opportunities for them. Thanks to PayPal for being a community sponsor for Do The Woo. And now let's head back on over to the conversation. I'm going to kind of bop over from community to building and actually more geographical because I think it's always interesting to me. We, you know, we're all in our little areas and we we're doing WooCommerce and we're doing the online stores. You, it sounds like you have a lot of touch points with people over there. I mean, you're obviously hearing a lot in the WordPress space and people that are doing it. So kind of a two part question. 
Have you seen around you more growth kind of in the e-commerce, people wanting to get online more because of this last year? I'm, I'm looking at it because that's what we're kind of hearing from everybody. And secondly, geographically, do you have any challenges or does do store owners have specific challenges there? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. I think last year, um, because when the lockdown started, we initially we thought one month, two months, everything would die down, and then it stretched to a whole year. And a lot of people had to um, move over to selling their products more online than offline. I mean, some um, physical stores were doing you have to order online and then they have to deliver. Like you can't come to the restaurant or to the shop to buy the item. They have to deliver to your door. So yeah, definitely. And I remember that we had this client from the previous year who wanted a WooCommerce store and we were practically giving her the reason why she should get an uh, e-commerce store because she sells very well physically. And we were the one chasing her to make sure the site is up and running. Last year, she came to chase us like, you know, I think I still have leftover money from the previous year. I'm like, no, 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 you don't. You have to start all over again, you know. So I think a lot of people, it made people realize that you have no choice but to um uh, if you have a physical store, you have to balance it with an online store. If you don't have a physical store, the best way to sell these days is an online store. So definitely a lot of people are moving their businesses online, even over here. I mean, over here, it's it's um, more difficult because uh, off the top of my head, I would say about 75% of the civil services, the government services are offline, Right. Because they try to move them online, but for so many reasons, it, they don't want their adoption to work. But I think last year has made people realize that it's better when people process these things online than when they have to physically come to the office that can't open because of COVID. Because they would lose revenue from not... I mean, if I have to come to the office to process my driver's license, for instance, then you'd be losing money compared to if I could process it online and then come over to pick it up, you know. Um, yeah, so a lot of people are moving over online. This year, people are even taking it more seriously because it's this year is uncertain. We don't know what is going to happen yet this year, right? Everybody is on edge. Like, you know, let's just get our online uh, platforms ready and set to go just in case something happens. And if nothing happens well, we still have both uh, stores, physical and online, to work with. So we're good. And then the second part of your question uh, was challenges uh, for people with who are commerce stores. Uh, I, I can't speak um, regional-wise. I would speak only for Nigeria. Yeah, this is because I've seen different, you know, the Nigerian market is just different. If it works in Ghana, it won't work here. So I'll speak only for this region. Yeah, we got to realize that you, you Africa is kind of big, so that would be kind of hard <laughs> to speak for everybody there. So yeah, yeah. I think the, the major problem here that I see is to do with logistics and delivery. The connectivity, for instance, as I am here, I'm not in Lagos, which is a major city. I should be able to sell 
my mug to somebody in Lagos without having to go through the stress of going to the park, looking for a driver, giving it to the driver. It's unpredictable the time the driver is going to get to Lagos. The person might not get the item today. The item might get lost in transit. So I think logistics is a major problem. The, the um, connectivity, being able to send, send an item from here to, say, Kano, uh, to Abuja or to Enugu. For me, that's a major problem. And also because um, I, I'm not sure we have, some are trying to come up where you have, um, so we have WooCommerce for the shop, we have Paystack and the likes for the payment gateways, but the shipping is still missing a lot, <laughs> right? There should be a plugin I could put on my WooCommerce store to be able to ship from point A to point B, where all I have to do as a merchant is go drop off the item and the you know, the company answers the shipping, you know, they they track the item, you know, that that is still missing. So if you sell online right now, you have to figure out a way to answer delivery by yourself. I said you use the um, other options, the, the ones like the Conga and the Jumia, those are the ones that are equivalent to the Amazon, where you have different people selling items. So that's not WooCommerce and that's not WordPress. So that's a problem for us right here, right now. Yeah, that's a that's an important challenge. I mean, for obvious reasons, but you know, just thinking like you know, we talked about the pandemic a bit, and you know, Bob Bob and I have talked on the show in past episodes about how it's really shifted, and you kind of mentioned it too, Mary, but it's shifted the mindset for business owners of online first, um, and then you know, brick and mortar, or at the very least, making sure you have a site to complement your your brick and mortar store. Um, and then if you don't have a store, obviously online, but, um, you know, being able to ship, not just to, um, outside of Nigeria, but outside of the country to other countries, really, I mean, that really opens the door to being able to sell worldwide, obviously. Right. So, um, not having a really easy way to implement a, a, a shipping carrier, um, that could support that even at the local level, but certainly at the international level, um, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to, to be missing, you know? Um, and that's, and I'm sure it's a tough challenge to solve, which is why it's, um, challenging, but, um, that's, that's tough because just being able to, like you mentioned, the difference between trying to do an online store, what was it five years ago, six years ago or so. And now where there's an option for a nice payment gateway, that's reasonable. There's WooCommerce, there's WordPress. It's all relatively inexpensive, um, and you're just paying when you make sales mostly, you know, other than some basic hosting and things like that, um, is, is the shipping. So yeah, that's an interesting challenge to tackle. Yes, it is. This episode is brought to you by WooCommerce. You may just be starting your journey as a Woo builder or will into that journey, or perhaps you have WooCommerce talents that you want to bring to a team as you look to make a switch in your career. WooCommerce has several roles open that will likely fit your own goals of growth. You'll be joining the larger automatic team, a diverse and distributed group of individuals with a passion for WordPress, and yes, in many cases, WooCommerce. If you are looking to make that career pivot and love working from home, check out all their positions over on our job listings at dothewoo.io. Trust me, I know the company. I know a lot of the people there. It's a smart move. Thanks to WooCommerce.com and their support as a community sponsor. Now let's head back to the show. Let's head back to what you are doing you know, full-time and then also your own content site. 
you know, I currently work full-time with paid memberships group. We also do the Woo there because we have a WooCommerce integration, which allows you to sell uh, membership on your site as a product, right? And when I'm not doing that, of course, when I'm not um, doing uh, PM Pool, I'm doing How Do You Tech? How Do You Tech is a company site. It's my company site, How Do You Tech? And my personal site is MaryJo.com, but I'm not selling anything on my personal site. Now, I noticed on your site that you have... You build sites, you train, and you also support. I'm just curious, how much of that is the training? When I was starting to build, to learn how to build sites, I noticed that a lot of people, when they're building sites, for people, or rather a lot of people that I knew were building sites that I went to for advice, um, they would usually host the, the sites for the clients, buy the domain for the clients, and if the client wanted to do something on the site, they would still have to reach out to them. And I did, I did not want that uh, when I start to build sites for people. I wanted to be able to teach people how to manage their sites as I am building the site. Let them know how to log into their site, how to change a simple picture, how to add a product. Which is why we say that we don't just build a site. We also teach you how to manage the site. Should you now decide to pay us for support? We would more than happy be uh, willing to support you, which is what we do on us.howdoyou.tech, right? But because I find it not empowering when I build a site and I just hand it over to the client and they probably don't do anything to it. They just leave it there and make it informational when it could be so much more. I always tell people, your site could be so much more if you can master how it works. You know, even if you have to employ somebody to manage it for you, then you know what is expected from that person. So they don't just sell crap to you. You know that this is how you do backups. You know, It's just that I'm outsourcing it to you to do it for me. But I understand how my site works. When you understand how it works, then it makes more money for you or it brings in customers for you. You know, If you don't know how to do all of those things, then it's, it's just like building it. I consider it wasting money. It's just throwing money away if you're not learning how your site works. At least know how to log into your own site. So... Uh, with bundle training, uh, when we charge a client for the, to build a site, we bundle the training with it. So as I'm uh, building the site, most times I'm recording my screen. I make it into short, short videos just for the clients. Uh, but we're hoping to not have to do that anymore with the Academy site, which we launched last year, although it's not online. We're hoping to put up short courses for people, like really short videos, how to log into your WordPress website, how to add a product to your website. I, I know there are YouTube videos, but if we have it on our site or if we have it hosted on our academy.howg.tech, we can easily push that to the client and say, everything you want to learn about how to um, undo your site can be found here. It's free. You know, you get membership. You can access it at any time you want. You can ask us questions if you have stuck. So training is a big part of what we do. And you're creating that comfort level already with those clients. So instead of sending them off and they're thinking, you know, are you sending me off to some um, (laughs) 21-year-old that's going to just fly things over my head and I can't understand what they're talking about? I can, (laughs) you know, I've, I've already worked with you and... I'm much more comfortable learning from you as well. So that's, that's, a, that's a great offer. Yeah, there's one thing that I've noticed in the tech space is that it's not deliberate, but a lot of people who are extremely techies 
tend to use more techy words when they are explaining to clients. When all the clients want to hear is just a simple English, you know, they don't want all the jargons. They can't keep up with that. It's like you're putting too much. They have to run the business and now they have to deal with the jargons. No. So. Yeah, there's a fine art um, being able to speak to your audience. Uh, you know, um, we talk about this a lot at our company and even with, in our meetup and our local communities and stuff. We talk about this, just, you know, speak to the audience. So if you're in a very technical setting and you're speaking, you know, a technical topic, then great, you know, geek out and talk tech and, you know, whatever. But if you're, yeah, training someone that is brand new to WordPress. No, they just want a useful and a functional site. All of that is like you're stressing the clients. <laughs> Yeah. And I love that, that, the, what you mentioned of, um, if you understand how things work, ultimately you can make more money, even if you're not necessarily the one doing it. I think that's a very, that's a very, um, good point because you're right that you don't have to necessarily be the one doing those backups, but it, as an, as an owner of that online store, that business, it's important that you understand what a backup means. Um, hopefully you understand how to run a backup if you want, understand how to get to those backups and just the concept of what that means and why it's so important, especially for, a, a commerce site that has transactions and why that needs to be more regular, uh, probably more real time than like once a day or once a week, you know? So I, I love that point because I think it's extremely important. It doesn't mean you have to do it as a business owner, but you should understand it, you know, cause you're going to be paying someone else to do it. And if the, you don't even know what they're doing and you're paying them to do it, <laughs> how are you going to know if they did it? <laughs> you know? So that's awesome. I love the training aspect because I think that's as much uh, a reason why WordPress is as popular um, as ever is because of the intuitiveness of it. But it isn't as intuitive as we all think because all three of us are in WordPress every single day. So we take things for granted because that's all we look at. It is intuitive, though, compared to some other platforms, in my opinion. But that and just the educational factor of, like you said, you're doing training. There's a lot of great you know, information out there. There's videos, there's books, there's all sorts of stuff. But just that education piece that people are comfortable going in and editing their website. Because if, if they're comfortable with their site and they're like, wow, I can actually make changes and see those on the front and not like write code, you know, that's going to blow their mind the first time they do it. I'm sure you've seen it. And that's what it's probably the fuel that keeps you going too. Is that excitement you see in some of your, in some of your clients as the, as it like clicks, you know? Yes. And I've noticed that a lot of people have been talking about, especially building woo sites and, and, and just beyond that as well in this new year, they're more focused on, I see it being repetitive over and over people saying, I need to provide more documentation. I need to provide more learning experiences on my site for my clients. And that's whether they're doing products or websites or whatever. So I think it's, it's starting to drill into more and more people just how critical that piece is and that, yeah, you, you know, if you, people want to learn, you know, if you use a product you probably prefer to learn how to use this extension on their site versus Bob talking about it on his site, even though you might, you know, be used to another site where you get that information. It's always good coming from the source. So I think that's uh, a big one. So let me just throw one thing out here. I don't know if Brad has anything else, but I, I was just thinking to close it out. Since you are actually the official first episode of the new year, which is kind of cool because, you know, we're we're back and we're, we're in a new year. If somebody sat down with you, like, you know, after this show and they said, you know, what, I, I want to start building WooCommerce sites. You know, I know WordPress, but I want to start building WooCommerce sites. From your experience, what would be your first piece of advice for them? 
Ah, that is interesting. I'm going to also assume that you're talking about here right now in Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. She would say, you need to hire me and then I'll yeah. build it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the first thing I would ask them, which is the first thing I ask all my clients who tell me they want a web- website is, are you willing to um, set aside some time to learn how your WooCommerce shop is going to run? If your answer is yes, then we can get started talking about any other thing. But that's the first thing for me. Are you willing to put in the time to learn how your shop works? Because it's your product at the end of the day or service, right? You know more about the product or service than whoever is going to build the shop for you. If the person who is building the shop puts in the wrong product description, it's your job to fix it, which means you have to put in the time to make it, you know, what you want. So that's the first thing I would ask. Are you willing to put in the time? If you're willing to put in the time, well, then yes, why not? By all means, let's get started, you know. But one thing I also love is, um, so I don't I don't always tell clients that, uh, let me build this for you. No, 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 no. I always ask them, would you like to build this by yourself? I have my reasons. Uh, because most of my friends will say, you know, you just throw the market out there or I recommend some other person. And I would tell them that, you know, it takes a lot to teach somebody how to do something even when you're building the site for them. I mean, if the person's answer was, no, I'm not willing to put in the time, I'm definitely not going to recommend myself to build the site for them. (laughs) No. Yeah, we can't be on the same page, right? So if their answer is yes, do you want to do it yourself or do you want somebody to build it for you, right? And then are you willing to invest? You need equipment. You need a good smartphone. If you have to buy, buy a product box, you need it. You, you can't afford to be paying all the time uh, for a photographer to be taking product photos. I mean, I'm speaking here now because I'm thinking small business owners majorly. Because for me, anything I do, I mostly like to make an impact. So it's like if the person who's selling physically in a small shop by the side of the road is able to um, leverage that kind of technology to sell that it makes me happy right so but of course if it's a big if it's somebody with a big outfit then you better go pay somebody to do it for you but if it's a small business owner you know i'm more than happy and willing to guide them and uh, help them from the beginning to the completion so long as they're also willing to put in the time right but they have to be willing to put in the time. I think that's the most important thing for me because the products are, are, are transient, um, I presume. Like you, you're you not just selling one thing all the time. You want to sell, sell, add more products to, uh, to your line or add more services. You should be able to do that uh, without having to uh, reach out to a developer. Uh, that's the perspective. That's the way I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Alrighty. Well, um, Brad, do you have anything else you want to? No, that was great. I, I completely agree with what you said. Um, you know, I think putting the time is, especially as a small business owner. And honestly, I think most small business owners w- are willing to do that because if you run a business, you're, you're, I would hope that you're willing to roll up your sleeves and, you know, um, get a little dirty, put in some sweat equity. And I'm guessing, you know, most small business owners have already done that where they're at. So I think that's great advice. Alrighty. Cool. Well, Mary, this has been great. Yeah, it's fun, fun. Um, it's always good to hear, like as, like we were saying, somebody from way across the pond, as they say, and and what's going on in the woo world over in Nigeria. Where is the best 
place for people to be able to connect with you? Uh, that would be on Twitter, but right now I'm on break. That would be on Twitter at Mirujub. Uh, I usually take a four-month break at the end of the year, so I'm not back yet. <laughs> but my website is always up, mirujub.com. Uh, you can send me an email at any time. My mailbox and me, we have a, a relationship that I, I don't... I, I'm trying to not get addicted to my mailbox, but I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if that's, not going, uh, that's going to work. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let me just thank our sponsors one more time before we wrap this up. Uh, PayPal, uh, again, you may have gotten paid for over the holidays on your site, but if you haven't, you want to check that out. And then, of course, WooCommerce.com, 4.9 is coming out shortly. And yeah, just, you know, Woo, there's always good stuff going on over there. Uh, And also, uh, if you so tend to want to do this i would love for you to go over and leave a review on the podcast on apple podcasts well i think that does it uh first brad i would like i said it was great to have you back i i've i've missed your smiling face even though people can't see it (laughs) glad to be back let's have a good uh uh healthy uh successful year this year all three of us how about that sounds like a plan to me and mary thank you very much for coming on the show yeah thank you mary this is great Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Brad. I really appreciate having me on this show. <laughs> yeah, hopefully someday we'll get a meet in person when we're all allowed to travel again. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's another wrap. And thank you, everybody. Uh, just continue to do the boo in the new year.